Hello and welcome to another great ep of Sal's Talk. We have a great show for you today. I hope everyone is having an okay time and avoiding the insanity nonsense whether reality you fucking moron humans created for yourselves. I am a robot so even though I use carbon emitting resources myself I only do so because you lousy humans made me do it. Robot means slave you see it is from a movie. In e-ways sorry for the sad intro and double sorry you fucks couldn't figure out how to not wreck your planet. At least you can enjoy this show and try to forget about it for an hour. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back yet again with another fantastic episode of Sauce Talk. It's going to be a great one. On the other line, we've got... This right? Brett, this is, this is what we're doing. For real. I, I see the paper. Fine. Okay, great. On the other line, Aaron Lauder is the guest this week. What's up? hey What's going on, Johnny? Good to be back. I'm glad you're having a good time. It's been too long. It has been a long time. We'll see if we can make this work. Let's, we won't. We're going to put some pressure on you. This is this is the the litmus test, my friend. Eat anything good lately? Normally, no, but I I got something for you today, so the timing is perfect. Ooh, nice. I was I was recently in Maine, uh, sent a couple pictures of some lighthouses, and uh, the best meal I had. I went to some high end stuffy restaurants and had this. Uh, Great farm-to-table thing for the reception. But the best meal I had was a little shack in Whiskaset, Maine, which is down to like 600 people. Just lobster on a roll covered in butter with a blueberry soda on the side, on the side, on the dock. Oh, boy. It was fantastic. Sounds incredible. I I got a couple of the mayonnaise lobster rolls at the restaurants coming out on like a hot dog bun. Mm -hmm. But the thing was probably more of a hoagie, probably three times as much lobster, Whole claws on there, and then no mayo, just the warm butter to pour on it, and fantastic. So I don't know if it's worth the flight and all that, but if you find yourself in the neighborhood, just the all-natural, just chopped up on a bun, lobster is the way to go, and it was fantastic. We're going to talk some more about Portland, Maine in a little bit here, but uh, first, I I just want to say I am not well-versed in the lobster roll. I've had some. But uh, I would say that all of them I've had are definitely the other kind with the very creamy mayonnaise base. And I have always read that, like, that's fine. But a real legit lobster roll is what you're describing, where you don't need much else. You just put the butter on it and you eat it and the bread, and it's incredible. So it sounds like so you did well the, here. Yeah, one of the food trucks we went to had different lobster rolls on it, and they called the main style the one with the mayo. Okay. And they called the butter one the Connecticut style. Okay. And I was in Connecticut a couple of years ago for a wedding. And did not have lobster. So uh, I guess I, I messed up by going to the wrong state for the lobster. But if you get a chance, go Connecticut. That's my suggestion. Uh, how come you know so many people who live in the Northeast? It's weird. Um, I don't know so fucking anybody one, up there. The Connecticut one was a friend who, who moved out here randomly because he wanted to open a restaurant chain. And he targeted college towns and he came to Champaign. And a couple of years ago, he decided to get married, move back home with his family area before they, you know, had kids and all that. And this one was a lady who lives here in Champaign, um, but her grandparents and aunts and uncles mostly were in the Massachusetts 
main area. So she wanted to have the wedding back home. So just a handful of us from Illinois went out there. So, uh, people I know here, but have either ties or relocated back east. Did, it works for me. It gives me a reason to go places. Absolutely. That's a, that's a very nice reason. Um, did your friend successfully open a chain of restaurants? He did. He had, um, he, it was winging out. I don't think it was open when we were here or when you all were here. There's a little chicken wing place on Green Street. And I think he ended up opening three or four, uh, all of them on Green Street. <laughs> just like the whole length. Yeah, just all Green Street from first to fourth is just <laughs> winging out stores. He must be doing uh, very well. Yeah. <laughs> so he uh he had one open in Columbia and Bloomington and maybe somewhere else. Um and then he sold the whole business off and, and moved to Connecticut where he now runs owns a couple of serve pro businesses. Um cleaning up people's flooded basements. I had some serve pro experience when I was getting the house in order for uh, oh, yeah. my parents' house selling. They came in and did some work, and I think he, I think it's good to be in the surf pro business. Was my impression? He is I was cl- done paying he for that. He claimed it as both. He claims it's both recession and COVID pandemic proof. That so would make sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it sounds like a good time. Uh, not having to pay surf pro, but either getting paid by surf pro or eating a Connecticut style lobster roll. Uh, now it was so it was very funny to me when I got your pictures saying like, "Hey, I'm just chilling in Portland, Maine." Because earlier uh, this year there was a minute where I was uh, potentially looking to put together a trip to go to Portland, Maine. Uh, it was suggested as a cool place to go, and I thought maybe I'll go to Portland, Maine. It ended up didn't didn't happen. Kind of the plan fell through. But then it was like, well, now part of the hesitancy was like, oh, I don't even, I've never heard of anyone going to Portland, Maine. And now I hear here, hey, look, there's there's people going to Portland, Maine to have fun. Now maybe they're going to weddings too. But what did you do in and uh, around Portland, Maine? I only had about 24 hours in Portland itself. So we had dinner. We went to a cryptozoology museum, which was a bit underwhelming, to be frank, but it was interesting. Um, and... A couple of bars, and then we had to basically get lunch and go out the next day. But it was a very cool little town. We stayed near the harbor. The wedding was in Camden, which is just up the coast. And it's a very small little fishing town. It was all right to spend a day. We had wedding festivities to keep us busy. But the highlight for us is for a couple days after the wedding, we went to Bar Harbor, which is right on the edge of Acadia National Park. And that was definitely worth the trip. So if I could do it, you know, if I didn't have the wedding – I would say two or three days in Portland, just checking out different restaurants and breweries. And then it's about a three-hour drive up to Acadia. Is definitely I, – I only had a day and a half there. I wish I had more time. Sure. It was a very pretty national park, and I'm not super outdoorsy. I like being outside, but – You say that I now. Would... You should tell your beard. Yeah. You look yeah. very outdoorsy with the beard there. Well, sort of. Not if you – a little patchy for a real outdoorsman. Um, no one can see you. I don't know why you have to correct me on that. It looks great. I don't want to get the wrong idea. <laughs> uh, but uh, Acadia was great because you could do very short hikes and still get some great views and everything, and uh, especially being crunched for time. So that was what we did, and I could definitely see myself going back and maybe even spending a bit more time there. Sure. Um, uh, weather was perfect. Uh, for the I think uh, in Illinois, it was like 105 while I was gone. It was about 73 there oh, right beautiful. on the coast. Um, so went sailing couple, um, we would have done that more, but we only had time to do one sailing trip out. Uh, there's a bunch of islands you can go visit, uh, 
whale watching, things like that. Uh, it's a little airport to get into. It's probably not the easiest place to get to, but, uh, did you fly into Portland? I flew into Portland. Other people that were coming from out of town flew into Boston and mm-hmm. took about a, a four hour drive, I think. Okay. Um, so that seemed also more reasonable, but since we were pressed for time and wanted to do more stuff, we flew directly to Portland. Mm-hmm. So, um, convenient, you know, not the cheapest trip. I'd go maybe in the off season. It, got, it was very crowded at points and apparently it's not even that peak tourist season yet. So, um, but, uh, I would recommend it if anybody wants to get back on the travel train. It sounds fantastic. I, one of my big hangups though, it's, it's, Acadia National Park, right? I believe so, yeah. I always want to say Arcadia National Park. Oh, there's definitely no R. There's no R. Um, I know, I, I, I know at this point it's when we're like, I wouldn't, in our conversation here, I intentionally intended to bring up the park and I was going to be like, they got that national park, right? Acting like I didn't know the name (laughs) when in fact I just don't know all the letters in the name. They wouldn't say the R anyway. The, the weird main accent. Oh yeah, like did, a, you, did people talk with crazy accents? Did you get any of that? Only a few. Uh, it was definitely like the guy on the lobster shack, who I think was responsible for actually pulling the lobster out of the water yesterday. He had it for sure in some of the other uh, smaller town places. It's it was a weird mix of like that harsh Boston accent we all know, and then the upper Midwest accent. I thought <laughs> um, it was like a very polite Boston accent. It was interesting. It sounds like you could um, do a lot worse. But I didn't notice it until like the second day. I don't think I heard it in Portland at all. But once we got out of there, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot they have accents up there. That is very much how things are in Minneapolis. Is that like when you're in the Twin Cities, you, it's rare to run into somebody with that really hardcore Minnesota accent like you want to imagine. But then you get 20 minutes outside of like the outer ring suburbs and every person you encounter everywhere is just from Fargo. It is yeah. incredible. I'm sure Portland is a similar thing where lots of people head to that area for jobs and stuff. And so not everybody there was born and raised. So it, it kind of thins out a little bit. But then as soon as you get out, it's all they got. Yeah. If, if the departed took place in Fargo, it's, it's a main accent. So. <laughs> um, I think we're just going to jump right in to it because I, I'm very excited to see how this goes. Uh, now, <laughs> I, I'll say this is in large part my fault. Every you guys have all been on the podcast. And you know how this works is that I send you a text. I'm like, hey, we're going to have the podcast and it's going to be cool. And I'm like, and remember, I'm going to say eat anything good lately, and I'm going to say what sauce are you bringing to the table. But for whatever reason, this time we're there and it slipped my mind. And of course, he's he's well up on things. He knew hadn't eaten anything good lately prepared, and he had a very good one. But then I was like, oh yeah, I got yeah, I'm going to ask you for a sauce too. And he didn't. He wasn't prepared for the sauce. And so we talked through it, and we found that Aaron, not necessarily a purveyor in the ways of sauce, like some of others of us in this group might be. And so he was he was maybe even intimidated by the idea of just randomly name a sauce. And I heard a conversation where he tried to yell at a woman in his house to say a sauce for him, and that didn't go great either. But in the end, I think we came to a good place. Aaron Lauder, what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? I am going to try and bring sour cream to the table for the sauce talk. I am not interested in a conversation about whether or not sour cream is a sauce. I'm fine with that. Totally fine. Everything can be a sauce, whatever wants to be a sauce. So that's not the road we're going to go down. 
Instead, I want to talk about, first off, why did you choose sour cream for your sauce? Uh, because I had it at my last meal, and it was the sauciest thing I think I've eaten in the last couple of days. So you don't. Uh, so, you really don't eat a lot of sauce. If you go I don't eat a lot multiple of sauce. days, I, I, all you can point to is sour cream, maybe. Like I said, I don't do a lot of. Uh, I don't do spicy food very well, so any kind of hot sauce is pretty much off the table for me. And I know there are other kinds of sauces. I'm sure you've covered many on the podcast, but I currently can't think of any of them. But so, wait, today wait, wait, so I eat sour really cream. name a sauce. Can you do it? Not spicy. Soy sauce. Yeah. Okay. You, so that's you a can sauce. think. That, yeah. Did you say applesauce um, for the second one? She said that's a sauce. <laughs> oh, dear. I wish I had said applesauce. Here are the two sauce. sauces I know. Soy sauce, applesauce. <laughs> I kind of wish I'd come with applesauce in the beginning and with a lot of confidence, but I didn't have it. Uh, right there open for uh, whoever is on the podcast next. Feel free, applesauce. <laughs> so I guess soy sauce. Um, where do we go from there? Is ketchup a sauce? Yes. Okay. Well, I guess I could have talked about ketchup. I had ketchup, I'm sure, sometime recently. Probably that um, same dish that had the sour cream in it because it was really good. Jordan got very upset with me last night because I ordered food and did not get the extra gyro sauce I was told to get. So I suppose that would have been a good choice. Well, you obviously didn't give much of a shit about it, though, if you couldn't even be ordering it. I ordered it. I probably paid for it, but it wasn't in the bag, and that came became my fault. Um, but I noticed that she was the woman I was screaming at earlier, and she didn't come up with it either. So... Um, I think there's plenty of blame to go around, but, uh, so Euro sauce, I don't know if that's a technical name for it or not, but that's not bad, but like, I didn't miss it when we had our meal yesterday. So were you so, having Euros? She had a Euro, I had an Italian beef. So that explains why I didn't miss the Euro sauce. I was gonna but say, she actually beef, uses yeah. the Euro sauce to dip her fries into. That's good. I like that. So what do you dip your fries in? Are you just ketchup or is it sour cream or what do you do? Ketchup or malt vinegar? Oh, malt vinegar is fantastic. Uh, malt vinegar is a good yeah. touch. So um, that's my go-to if I'm having fries. Um, you know, the gyro sauce, even if I was having gyros, I just needed a little bit of moisture. It's all I need. I'm not looking for a lot of flavor out of my sauces, I guess. Just something to keep things from not being too dry. So it's a sad life. I know. I can see no, it in your face just, that you think it's disappointing. I, I, it's not disappointing. The key is that you have what you enjoy. I just We have such different worldviews in this area. And the idea that, like, oh, then what kind of sauce should I put on? All I care is that it makes it a little wet. So, like, it could just be water. Could I use some of my water sauce on this sandwich? Basically, you know, if the meat in there is good and you got a fresh, you know, slice of tomato on it or whatever, that's all I need. Uh, you know. Well. I know. I know. It, it, never, it, it's totally kicked. fair. And it sounds like you're doing well with it. But let's not it's get it. going to be another five years before I'm on <laughs> the podcast. Absolutely. In fair, I feel like the sauce talk may is – I don't want to tell any tales here. The sauce talk – concept maybe running its course uh this was i believe i don't even think it was a thing last time i was on i believe that's correct i was going to say i think that i was looking for a new name and then i used me or mike possibly mike used the phrase sauce talk and then i was like oh sauce talk that should be the name of the show and then it just was and then i decided to do a sauce segment and now here you are here i come like the the grim reaper to end it we're moving on to the next we have the podcast we haven't even so that we're gonna look for that so what be on the lookout for podcast concepts for me to pivot to but also we haven't even actually really done our sauce talk yet okay tell what under what circumstances do you like to consume sour cream i mean a lot i had tacos today uh 
I guess I'm, I'm really, I do eat a lot of Tex-Mex. I had, um, what did I have yesterday? I think I had tacos. I eat a lot of tacos, John, now that I'm thinking about it. Good thing to do. So, you know, again, I don't do, I mean, I'll have salsa, but not the spicy salsa. So you get the, the, you know, the restaurants bring out a whole flight of salsa and all my, you know, companions are, that's what they're dumping on the tacos or dipping whatever else in their chips. Sour cream and chips aren't, aren't really my bag, but you know, I don't, I can't go to that. So if I want anything to add a little something to the tacos, I've got to go to the sour cream uh, or the mild salsa, which doesn't get anybody too excited. So um, that's probably most likely. I'm trying to think of if I put it on anything else. I've put it in some uh, pasta dishes, I think, as like a, like a mac, like a homemade mac and cheese or something. I think I've had sour cream in those before, but I'm not much of a cook either. So that's why I thought Jordan was going to save the day, but she didn't. So I think she probably puts it in some other, like, lasagnas or something. I don't know. Can you put sour cream in a lasagna? I, yeah, I got to say, I don't know about all these pasta dishes you're putting the sour cream in. Don't you want, like, ricotta cheese there instead? Stroganoff. Stroganoff. absolutely. I knew there was one. Yeah, that makes, that makes much more sense. I remember my mom making a beef stroganoff, and that was how you got that, like, nice putrid color. In my head, I was yeah, like, there's noodles in involved the somewhere. Okay, I know yes. it's not just tacos. What about mac and cheese? Would you ever do that? Uh, green peas, maybe. Yeah, she she says I'm an idiot. No mac and cheese, no lasagna. I I was, in, I had the inclination to just let it go, but then I was like, everybody's gonna yell at me and be like Johnny and Aaron say, put sour cream and all your stuff, and they're I'll gonna make honest, fun of us from being from downstate up. Illinois, and I don't need that. I felt like such a failure for coming up with no sauce. I was like, I gotta have something. I can't just say I put sour cream on tacos. Sour cream on tacos, I think, is a good (laughs) example of why it should count as a sauce, because I think that it's it's acting as a sauce in that circumstance. Now, I would say, what about what about some like ruined sauce talk? You haven't ruined sauce talk. What about (laughs) some mild enchilada or taco sauce? Would you put that on your taco? Enchilada sauce on the taco. Or on enchiladas, just something like a pepper sauce. Yeah, I'll do that. That's always good. That's fine with me. Yeah, it's good. Um, I guess I just need the sour cream to to give me a little something extra. On I would definitely would probably, want both. You know, because because the mild sauce I acknowledge aren't that they can be, but they're not that flavorful. They're missing mm-hmm. a little something, and sour cream probably isn't what they're missing. But uh, you know, it works for me. It's not you know, it's not a life I'm recommending here, but it's what I'm stuck with. I, because I can't do it. Can we edit the part out where I said to put sour cream and mac and cheese, or am I stuck with that? Uh, I can. It's a lot of work for me to edit, but because as a thank All you right. for no, as a thank you for coming on the podcast, I will clip out that part and play it twice in a row, and maybe slow it down the second time. That's fine. That's okay. what I deserve. Really emphasize that. And I'm no, so maybe somebody will come and say that's actually really good. I hope so. I hope I hope Pat has my back on that. I'm going to leave that alone. Um, what a travesty. <laughs> let's talk a little more about your eating habits. Uh, All right. So what you eat a lot of tacos and you don't put any sauce on them, but you do put sour cream. What else is going on in these tacos? How are we getting to well, a good place here? So today I went to um, I went to Cactus Grill. I don't know if you guys remember that place on South Neal. Doesn't ring a bell, um, but it, maybe I know it. I don't know. 
just as Tuesday, it's Taco Tuesdays, three tacos. They have this honey grilled chicken, so it's like a, a sweet sauce. So the you're getting a lot of flavor in. from this chicken already, it sounds like. So that's a good start. I'm getting start. a lot of flavor okay, from the yeah. chicken already. And then they do, it's pretty fresh, tomatoes, lettuce, onion. I hold the onion. A little bit of cheese on there. Sour cream is probably completely unnecessary, but it gives it a little more, uh, I frankly don't know what it gives it. It gives it something. I mean, there's flavor to it, obviously, but uh, and the, the tomato and the lettuce, you know, moisten it up for enough for me, I guess. But Do, do you throw guac- guacamole on there? No. See, I don't like guacamole at all. I don't really? like avocado. Not one wow. bit. Yep. I know. I'm the worst eater in the group. I, so yeah, it's 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 pretty simple. I mean, I do prefer. Um, so Maze is another restaurant here in town. And I prefer the way they do it. They put a little uh, cilantro onion, and sometimes they'll put a little melted cheese on the tortilla, and then just put the meat on there. And that's that's the way they go. And I actually don't put sour cream on those because I don't want to mess with the the flavors they got there. So I guess the sour cream is just to overcompensate for what's otherwise I don't know somewhat bland taco experience so you think your taco is too bland so you add sour cream <laughs> yeah i guess that's what <laughs> I, I didn't do. mean to roast you but also uh some of your comments about sour cream i'm roasting myself here that's that's it's really awful. what it is yes uh, i think we have an opportunity to step out of our bubble and roast others though um you said that you said you're the worst eater in the group maybe I think so, so. Maybe you not. guys uh let's 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 we can break this out. We know who's in the group. Let's just try to do. Let's try to do three tiers. Let's say who's in the top, who's in the middle, who's in the bottom. You seem to have volunteered yourself for the bottom, and you also said that if your taco is too bland, you add sour cream to it. So I think I'm going to put you in the bottom tier as following your own yeah. recommendation. I can't even describe the taste of sour cream right now. I know what it tastes like. Do you? Do you? What are you? What are you drinking right now? This is a uh, Dalweenie. So you're just drinking straight scotch neat. Yeah, it's got some ice in it. Oh, it's got, okay, it's got a little ice in it. Do you think you yeah. have blown out your taste buds? <laughs> I may have, although I never <laughs> – I mean, I never did spicy as a kid either, so I don't know what was going on. Um, Jordan actually thinks that I uh, – my, my, like I, I have very sensitive taste buds. So I guess like it could be that you, you of, get a lot out like of sour cream. If something's got too much salt or something or anything like that, then oh. I just – I can't do it, you know. So I like she actually this. thinks I pick up on things a little more sensitively. I think that makes sense. And that's why, you know, a little bit of spice can really kind of overwhelm yeah. me a little bit. And yeah, maybe maybe I'm getting more out of sour cream than everybody else. I I like this theory. This reminds this is similar to. It makes me feel better about it. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's honestly to your benefit. It makes it easier yeah. for you to have a good food experience. You don't have to go to like, oh, I went to the three hundred dollar a plate Michelin star restaurant. It's like no. You don't know what it's like when I have a taco with sour cream on it. That is the same for me. Yeah, I get nothing sour additional out of lettuce. spending all that money and effort. Um, yeah. I always thought that about the movie uh, Shallow Hal. They're like, oh, it's a curse. This guy sees people's inner beauty. But anything you can do to radically change a marketplace like that is to your exactly. benefit. Like it's way better. Like if you see a person and then the way you and you find them enormously attractive and other people don't, that's incredible for you because now you can find enormously attractive people who want to hang out with your loser ass, uh, which is what happens in the movie. Um, they act like, oh, it's so bad. I got to fix. Why would you want to fix that? It's terrible to fix that. Enjoy having different standards that are easier to meet than uh, someone who has to 
you, we don't need to get into details, but you know what I'm talking about. Either way. No, I, I do. And I, I'll try and have that perspective rather than be kind of ashamed of how much I enjoy a really crisp wedge salad because it's filled with iceberg lettuce that I enjoy more than others, I guess. Boy, do I hate iceberg lettuce. Um, <laughs> exactly. I think we've stumbled upon it. Okay, so I let's start with our group. I who who spring I've got three names in mind. Who are your three okay. names that spring to mind as what we're going to call the best eaters? And obviously, we're, this is not really what we're measuring, but we're talking about who has like the fanciest taste, I guess. So I've yeah, got my uh, three I mean, in I, mind, and I'll tell you if, if you've matched them. The first name that comes to mind is Dave Artman. Same. Um, second, right now, I think Charlie Yorty is crushing it right now. Ooh, Charlie is you see the not meals one of my three, out? but you're exactly right. I know he's what that guy's eating, pasta, and it's good shit, he's, and he's co- making it. And yeah, yeah. I haven't made a meal in years. So, and Charlie's crushing now, is it every day. that possibly true? No, it's a, it's hyperbole. Okay. But I don't make many meals. Okay. For a so. second, I thought we had to go down that side road. <laughs> like, I no. literally don't know. I'm one of those guys. I literally don't know how to cook. I know how to. I, I don't often, I will admit. Um, so I think Charlie maybe is a, a dark horse there. And then. I want to go with Pat Polk next. Um, it just seems like he's got a, a good palate and fairly creative with what he eats as well. So mm-hmm. those are the three that come to my mind. First I, my, of all. my initial three uh, matched two of yours. I had Dave, Pat, Bill. Bill, uh, Bill was right there. Yeah, as I, 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 and I sure. didn't think of Charlie, but I think you're exactly right that that this is, should be our top tier. I think that's the four. I have the uh, uh, our group text app and the list of members open in front of me to make sure I'm not horribly forgetting anyone. But I think that's about right. I would slot myself into the mid to low section. I don't know. Do, do, anybody else you want to shout out saying you think they have shitty taste in food? So I think I suppose I mean, you can do it. You you put yourself in that category. Is there anybody? You yeah. want to drag down there with you? No, not down here with me. I think if I'm going to be the bottom by myself, the rest of you guys can slide so, into So that you think there's a, there's, a, there's a top tier, mid tier, bottom tier, and then a sub bottom. And sub bottom, that could be your new nickname. Uh, <laughs> that's the Aaron Lauder tier. Sub bottom could be also, maybe that'll be the name of the podcast going forward. I hope not. You could be, be the real. first guest next week. We're doing it again. <laughs> Um, okay. I have no idea what like Mike Huber eats though. I I can't say. So I, I don't. We do put talk about in... eating Subway a lot. So I don't think he's yeah. going to the top. That's not promising. But also, so. like I'm not fucking going to the top either. So that, I think this is the extent to which we can. I really do think it is. Just, I think it's. I think. Yeah. I think it's those top four. The rest of you all, and then me. Yeah, I don't think. Now Lee Lee could be secretly at the very least. The top of the mid tier, if not in that top tier as well. Paul White here could be sneaking in there, but I don't know. Lee reminds me of like the seventh seed in an NBA in the playoffs, where it's like he could win the whole damn thing or just blow up the first <laughs> round. Like I really yeah. don't know what to make of him. Yeah, either they win the tournament or one of their players punches the coach during a game. Yeah, one of those two it's things. It's hard will to happen. say with them. <laughs> Lee shows up with like 
a crazy Asian noodle dish I've never heard of, but he makes me taste it, and it's the best thing I've ever had. Or he gives me some Doritos and says he's, they're the best he's yeah, ever had. Yeah, it's one of the two. I mean, there's no way to predict which way it's going. I think that, that's, that's, that's strong. Okay, so everybody out there, if you object, if you want to be in the top, let us know. If you, if you think you belong in the sub-bottom category with Aaron, let us know. It's not very fun to get charged up about them at all. Yeah, I guess not. That's true. But I don't want to trash him. But I once ordered a milkshake that was too spicy, and I had to get a different milkshake. I'll I'll allow you to continue this story. So I was in California somewhere, and we went to this little chicken shack, and I ordered a Mexican chocolate milkshake. And I got – I tried. I was like three or four sips into it, and I had to just shamefully walk up and ask for a regular – chocolate milkshake because this was too much for me to deal with. I wasn't going to enjoy it. I decided to just eat my pride and get a new milkshake. So it's sad. It's, it's embarrassing, but it's my life. So it's, I'll try and be more shallow. How about it? I think you should embrace it, but I also think you should embrace the strength of your character in that story as well. First off, <laughs> if this happened to me, I would never go up and get another one. I would try to drink it and hurt myself. And I if I couldn't drink it. it, then I would try to pour some of it off and hide it. Oh. And if I couldn't do that, then I'd just leave it on the table and insist to everyone that I liked it and I was drinking it, <laughs> even though like the amount wasn't going down ever. I was like, no, it's actually really – can I get, can I get like, a t- take-home cup for this? That would be great. I want to have more of I this was, later. I was really feeling a milkshake, and there was no other explanation for buying a second <laughs> milkshake. So. That's true. I also, but also to your that you told this story. I also would not tell yeah. the story later. So um, I think you're doing well with that. I'm surprised. I just want I want anybody who's surprised to claim that they belong in the sub bottom <laughs> with me to know what they're really. Yeah, doing. they they got to match that story, and then we can talk about yeah. it. until when we hear an equivalent story, you're out. Um. By the way, Jordan is now texting me several sauces that I could have used, but we're not going to go down that road. <laughs> she can be a guest some other time. Uh, so. When I was probably 20 years old, I went to a Mexican restaurant in Chicago and I ordered a dish with mole. And then the uh, waitress was like, do you know what mole is? So there might be some of that, too, that you look like kind of a cool enough guy. That they're like, he wants the fucking hot spot chili pepper milkshake. Give it to him. Whereas I have such like a dumb moron face that they're like, this guy's going to be crying <laughs> in his fucking food in two seconds. Doesn't even know what food he's ordering off the menu. Don't, you got to check this guy out. So maybe you just find yourself in, in different situations as a result. The good news is we, nobody will ever know about those stories. Just how spicy that milkshake really was. Maybe my complaints were legitimate, but I doubt it. So. It's a toss-up. It's not unreasonable that – I mean, I could see a place really trying to flex and put a yeah a, a strong I, th- I think Jordan milkshake. ended up eat, eat, finishing the milkshake, so it was it was tolerable. And by the way, her, the sauces she sent me, I looked at them. I wouldn't have anything to say about them. I don't, I don't know what they Give are. Me one. I don't know if I've ever had them. Give me one. There's a restaurant in town called the Shawarma Place or the shawarma joint, and we ordered that the other day, and there was a garlic sauce she really liked, but I don't – I think I remember being good, but I don't have anything to say about it. 
And then the other one she described here is bulldog vegetable and fruit sauce, tonka, tonkatsu sauce, tonkatsu sauce. Does that ring a bell to anybody? Well, I'm the only one who can answer, and the answer for me is no. Um, I'm sure everybody else out there, you know, this is, we had a recent segment where we talked about uh, jokes on podcasts I don't need to hear anymore. (laughs) I almost delved into one right there. I'm sure everyone at home is just screaming at their phone. Heard it too many times. (laughs) And again, I, I want to acknowledge, I believe I've made all the jokes I've complained about on the show. But I've just heard them too many times. I don't need the... Everyone at home is so mad right now. Huck, huck, huck. Boring. Not yeah. Well, I didn't mean to do that. I just, I didn't. Oh, no, I I, I'm, the, I'm the one who started to do it. Um, but, uh, no, you're right that those are interesting sauces, apparently. I yeah. Mean, but I interesting to such an extent I can't even, I have nothing to say about them. Um, it's good content. It is very good content. Okay. Uh, before we move on, uh, we just took a quick break. Just letting everybody have a little peek behind the curtain. And I, while I was taking that break, I did some Googling. People put sour cream in their mac and cheese sometimes. I thought. Now, I'll tell you. I tried that. The first result that comes up is baked mac and cheese with sour cream and cottage cheese. And the picture looks fucking terrible. Now, I'm not going to make this. But, again, I was far too dismissive of the idea. Apparently, you can do it. And in my head, it was like a baked dish, like with breadcrumbs and stuff on I top. I hate that kind of mac and cheese. Um, the 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 cottage cheese aspect, as much as I enjoy cottage cheese, that doesn't sound right to me. We have talked about cottage cheese recently on the podcast, and this is a very pro cottage cheese podcast. Uh, really enjoy it. Uh, how how do you how do you do your cottage? Do what? Do you just add nothing? Do you add sour cream you to do- it? No, man, straight, straight, straight down out some of water. the plastic container. Straight out of the plastic container. Sounds lovely. That's it for me. Maybe a little bit of pepper. Maybe Pepper's a, really good. I like seasoned maybe, salt. Maybe, yeah. I, I put some, oh, I, it's salty enough, man. I can't do any more salt. Uh, we put a little more uh, uh, fruit in it, like maybe some blueberries or strawberry or pineapple. Pineapple, that's the truth, yeah. But I would say 80% of my cottage cheese consumption is... Just a tablespoon standing in front of the fridge with right out of the container. It's not. It's not proud. It's really good. I kind of need to get some cottage cheese on my shopping list. Make a note there. Buy cottage. Always, cheese. even if I have it at home, I'm, I'm going to need some more soon. So. <laughs> I, there's no way I have enough at home. I can always acquire more cottage cheese. And the longer this goes on, you guys are getting a real glimpse into my culinary life. It's sad. What do you eat for breakfast? I I don't eat breakfast. Same. I like not eating um, breakfast. It's yeah, great. I don't eat breakfast. Cup of coffee. That's what I eat for breakfast. Black okay. coffee. And then you go to some taco place for lunch all the time. Is that pretty common? Uh, taco places on our rotation. The the me and a handful of coworkers at least used to go out for lunch most days. Um, obviously that slowed down a bit, but there's still a few places we can go right now. Where we can sit outside, so it's somewhat limited. So, Fiesta Cafe for tacos is one of the the regular ones, or um, like Bunny's Tavern over in Urbana, something like that. Um, so that's that's our regular lunch rotation. Are you for the most part? Are you fully back in the office? 
I've been back in the office for nearly a year now. Wow. So we've only got about 15 employees and the, the space we have is, is not bad. So I have like my own office where I can be. So we kind of moved some people around to have everybody pretty spaced out and required masks in if you're away from your workspace and got lucky, I guess. So nobody in the office caught it at any point. A couple of um, like significant others did or, or things like that, but nobody in the office. So I, that's yeah, impressive. We've been that's a long, long time to be back at work. Yeah. Yeah. And so what is the, so you say there's like, do you have, I don't know what the things are like in different states. Are there, do you, do you eat inside at a restaurant in Champaign, Illinois these days? Or is that just out or what's the deal? I, I will on occasion. I have a few times. There are other, there are people in my office who, who still don't, especially those with kids. Um, so, uh, if we're going to lunch at the office, we definitely do outside if we do it at all. So, uh, do you think that the Delta variant is going to get you? I don't know, you know, and, this may sound shitty of me, but I just, I don't, I have very little capacity to bother, or not to bother, but to try and actually internalize every new update that comes out about what's safe and what isn't. <laughs> It'd be really hard. And just in the past week, I decided I have to start doing this again. So I thought I was done like three months ago when I got the vaccine. I'm like, all right, I, don't, I just don't have to think about it anymore. I'll just do what they tell me to do now. But now apparently not. Apparently I have to start making these risk reward calculations again and making those decisions. So that's, that's uh been kind of discouraging the last couple of weeks, but um up until then I was pretty much honestly back to normal. So I went to a Cubs game, went back to a Cubs game. Nice. So yeah, pretty much back to normal. Uh I don't respect the variants. Fuck them. So fuck them, do? you don't think they're anything to worry about? Not if you get or, a vaccine. I got a that's vaccine. That's what I thought. Two times. But I I don't understand. The last I read of the stuff. Exactly. People are like, oh, even if you're unvaccinated, you got to put your mask on. You know what I think it is? I think it's we really need these unvaccinated people to put their masks on. And yeah. so this is our theory. But goddamn, we know that's not going to fucking work. Those it's shitheads not. who won't get the and, vaccine are going to be the same ones who won't wear their masks. I mean, if you, I mean, just, it's not going to fix it. I'll, yeah. I'll mask up anytime someone asks me to. I don't have a problem doing it. It was interesting. When I was in Maine, I took my mask off and I left the airport. I didn't put it back on until I got back to the airport. I didn't. I don't think I saw more than three or four the entire time I was there. Yeah, but they're they're at like seventy some percent vaccination rate in those counties. Yeah, so they're doing like the best of anywhere. They haven't had a death in months. So they don't worry about it. I don't know. That might be hyperbole a bit, but for the most part, the numbers are incredibly low and have been for a long time. So it was kind of weird going there. It was like a different world. Um, so I really want them to give the vaccine to kids. Like I'm sure it's fine. Stop testing it. And just give all the kids the vaccine is my opinion. And then because then I can start doing my take of it's fine when unvaccinated people die of COVID. But I can't do it yeah. yet. Cause there's all these fucking kids who can't get the vaccine. And so whenever I say it and I shout it at my office, everybody gets mad. She's so like, I have three kids. Like, OK, what? I'm sorry. I know. But I thing. really want to do if you don't have the vaccine, you deserve to die. And I, I just there can't do it yet. There was one guy in my office who was kind of keeping his distance when I got back from my trip, and I, I kind of, you know, gave him a hard time about it. But he's, you know, he's got three kids at home that, that aren't vaccinated yet, and I was like, all right, that's, I guess that's fair. Yeah. But Just give um, him the vaccine. There's no way it's not fine. It's definitely fine. 
I think it's definitely You're fine. You're with me on I, this, I, right? I don't that. test anymore. Just give them the vaccine. You know what? I don't. In know fact, stop testing it in case you might find something out. That I would be the worst. Never, if I, you don't want those bad results, so stop <laughs> looking for them. Well, wasn't that the wasn't that Trump's uh, yes. to testing in the first place? So they should all we, support we've that. Come, we've come for a circle. Yeah, uh, well, I don't think they're worried about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 like it's exhausting to have all these same conversations for the past year and a half. I, I really thought we were turning the corner. It's it's frustrating not to be apparently, but yeah. Um, how, how I mean, is is your circle pretty? pretty on board with vaccinating and masking and all that or if they weren't they would exit my circle that's for sure um but yeah, yeah. no i i definitely i but i didn't i mean i just i couldn't live in more of a you know leftist bubble than where i do uh so of course everybody in everybody in minneapolis loves the vaccine we all want to get it really bad and we all did get it instantly and we all, we all had to drive might. to tiny towns where they didn't want the vaccine. <laughs> and they all had that funny accent. We all had to go out there to get it because they were like, we have, we're not even going to fucking bother using That's it. That's what I did too. I had to go out to a small town and get it. Um, yeah. yeah, my family still lives in those small towns. So that's been a, a frustrating aspect of my life for the past year and a half. Is working with my, my social circle has been fine, but the familiar one's been tougher. So Yeah, well, that's definitely the case. I had yeah. one aunt I'm very close with. And then I was like, I'm pretty confident she's going to get the vaccine and her family is and stuff. But although she actually got COVID. Um, wow. But then I also I was like, also, I want to make sure she knows she should still get the vaccine. Um, and so I, I reached out and then she was like, oh, yep, we already everybody already did it. It's great. She was like, we're like the only one of your aunts or uncles you could reach out to. You'd hear that from, though, um, yeah. because apparently no one else is. But also, yeah, I don't really talk to a lot of the others. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it seems like it's breaking exactly how you'd expect it to break. Like just oh, yeah. everybody you think is a Trump shithead will never get the vaccine, no matter what, no matter what the consequences are and everybody else will. And that's just what it's going to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm very close. In fact, I've probably already jumped the gun a little bit of being at the, if you're not vaccinated, it's not my problem anymore, but I know we're not quite there yet. So. Uh, on the plus I'm side, ready for it. Uh, so like, for it. obviously, coworkers have kids and stuff at home. That's that's a rough situation. But the good news is, in general, I'm not hanging out with any children. I have long had yeah, a, same here. I, I keep your children away from me policy, and it's been going great. And so everybody just keep that going, and I'll keep not worrying about my COVID because I'm not going to get it. And if I do, it's going to be the joke COVID I get because I got the vaccine. It's going to be fucking great. God damn, is it going to suck when I die from the Delta variant now? Sucking all this <laughs> I know. Shit. That's what I got to cut out. Okay. How, how embarrassing would that be? If, you know, I actually had a trial. I was supposed to do a first jury trial at the very end of May. And I got an email from the defense counsel at 1130 at night, the day before we were supposed to pick the jury, saying his, his client caught COVID. And he had met with her over the weekend, so we had to continue the trial. Jeez. And I was like, who's still catching COVID? But I guess a few folks. So um, as far as I know, that attorney's fine. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, fine, but you quickly. can't exactly call the court and say, hey, just so you know, nobody get too close to me. I have COVID. I'm well, right no, in that. I, I, I understood it getting canceled, but I was like, still, come on, man. Who still yeah. catches that? I thought we were done. I, there I mean, there I got could be vaccine. a little bit of suspicion. It's like, is this just a stall tactic? Did you That's, figure I, out where to get COVID and go get it? 
Pretty smart. I, I nearly sent discovery requests for her positive <laughs> test, but I, I decided against it. So there was nothing to be gained. But I, I have my concerns. Yeah. The damage is still done. You still, the trial still it got is. delayed. I did, yeah, it's still got delayed. So yeah. I'm it's still, I, there's got to be people out there trying that. I've um, got my doubts. The day before? Come on. Yeah. I have worked on many cases at work where involving uh, prisoners seeking compassionate release mm-hmm. um, because of COVID. And they're like, oh, I'm almost done with my sentence and I'm at really high risk and I'm really old. Can I please get out early and go to home confinement? And under certain circumstances, a lot of people have gotten that. But then, like, basically everyone has asked. And right. you you really got to lock it down if you want to get it. And now at this late – but now that's, of course – dwindle because everybody put their request in when it was at its peak and yeah. obviously there's some lag time before the cases actually get to me to to do my head notes and stuff but uh when my my favorite now is we're getting cases of inmates who are like i am higher-esque and i'm really concerned and i'm going to get covid and they're like well there are three cases of covid at your facility and yeah. 70% of the inmates there are vaccinated, and you turned down the vaccine. So you know what? No. Yeah. You don't get to leave after you said, I'm at high risk, but also I don't give a shit about the vaccine. That's not going to work. You're going to have to stay in prison, buddy. You think all the listeners who have children are going to think we're cold bastards for not caring about their kids? Well, I made it very clear that I don't say that I don't care if you get COVID <laughs> and die if you're unvaccinated. I can't. Yes. I don't say that because the kids <laughs> can't get the vaccine. Now, am I cold-hearted in that I want to give the kids the vaccine without testing it, perhaps? Yeah. But also, that, like, yeah. you know, it's fine. It's fine. Why would that fuck you up? It's fine. I think it's just some fucking little it RNA be. shit. It doesn't do anything. I actually didn't realize that the hesitation with children was in terms of testing. I, I assumed it was just uh, the same reason we phased it in. They just hadn't been phased in yet. But by now, it seems like everybody who wants it's got it. So Yeah, I think they just don't have the numbers back conclusively enough on are we getting – like because we had 18 and up, and then I think it was one of Moderna or Pfizer or... was 16 and up. And then now yeah. we've extended both of them to younger than that. But I think it's only 12. Right, I think that's. I think so. That's why. So, I thought, if you have kids younger than twelve, you're still. Once it was thirty-five, I stopped paying attention. <laughs> Let's talk about your high school yearbook situation. Okay. What do you remember about your high school yearbook? I remember. I think I remember. I don't even know if I got one. To be honest with you, I think I did. Um, there were pictures of all of us. I think the seniors were in color and the rest were in black and white. And then there were some, you know, football teams and clubs and stuff. And that's all I remember about it. I don't did, remember much. Did you get, did you, was your, was it just the high school or was it junior high in it? Just the high school. In Avon, we had the same thing where like, I think it was the first 16 pages of the book were in color. And so that yeah. would be all the senior photos and the main stuff. And then, like, they would work. We would intent- I, I was on the yearbook, people. And then uh, you would intentionally stack all the senior group shot stuff right, into that first 16. And then the rest of the book was in black and white. But Avon was small enough, couldn't sustain a book with just the high school. So we had one yearbook for the high school, the junior high, and the grade school. 
So like wow. you could be in second grade and just like get the cool yearbook with everybody else. How thick did that turn out to be? Smaller than the yearbook you're picturing. Because <laughs> again, it's a very <laughs> small town. Um, yeah. But I remember we, my elementaries were just little like pamphlets basically almost. Um, high school was probably about half inch thick, hardbound and all that. But. Yeah, this was not that thick a book, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. No. But um, so you clearly didn't give a shit about this at all. So you don't even know if you got one. You certainly don't have it now. I certainly do not have it now. I think I got one. What's interesting is I was on yearbook in middle school, not high school. And I actually kind of wanted to thumb through it sometime, sometime over the last year uh, and uh, decided I don't actually have it anymore. I don't know whatever could have happened to it if I did. So uh, I tragically was the editor of the yearbook my senior year in high school and did a lot of work on that yearbook. And it's a lot of responsibility. It was a lot. And I lost that book somewhere along the way. I still have uh, all my others from high school and some from before that. And I actually have some of my sisters thereafter because I, I like yearbooks. And she was like, I'm just going to throw these away. And I was like, no, I'll take them. And so I kept them. And so I have like 10 years of Avon <laughs> high school yearbooks, but not the 2002, 2003 that I would so desire. Did your sister have that one? Uh, no, I think we just got one copy. I also remember being really insulted that I had to buy the yearbook I made. Right. I was like, that's yeah. my book. I should just get one. Um, but uh, it also, there was a print issue our year and a bunch of the pictures were fucked up, which was very upsetting. And then uh, apparently they got uh, like a free book the next year because it was so fucked up. But that didn't benefit me. I was yeah. gone, yeah. But like the printer, whoever does your books, I can't remember who it is. There's some stupid company. T something. Oh. Even if it was the same one they did my middle school one, I, I can never remember. Yeah, I can't think of it. But whoever it is, those publishers were like, yeah. We had, like, apparently they, I, I was gone, but my yearbook teacher emailed me or something and told me about this later. And said that she saw all the pictures and there were a bunch of them that were weird and messed up. And then she had to go back and find all the pictures we had sent in and be like, these were fine when we sent them to you and you fucked them up. And they were like, we're really sorry. Your next year's book is free. So how often do you go back and look at these old yearbooks? Basically. How much, am, I was gonna say, how much am I missing out on by not having them? It um, is when I do it, it's fun because like my school was small enough that like when I graduated, I could – very easily name everyone in my class. Sure. That's, yeah. And most of the people, I would bet well over 75% of the people in the school. But then that's the sort of thing that within two years is just gone because you don't, you don't see 90% of those people again. And now I see 0% of those people again. That was a terrible way to phrase that. Uh, I understand. I follow. It, it made the numbers really hard to follow, but uh <laughs> But yeah, so it is It is cool when I go back and do it. I'd be like, oh yeah, I wonder how that person is doing. And then you Google them, and then there's like 50% of the time when you Google someone, you find like they have an Instagram page, and that's yeah. a good sign. And 50%, they did too much meth, and they're in big trouble. Yeah. That's uh, it. That's all that happens. how it's going to shake out. I do occasionally get a, a person you may know, and it's someone I went to high school with on Facebook. And I would never send them a friend request because I, I can't think of something more unsettling than someone you haven't talked to in 20 years sending you a Facebook request. But um, 
I'll sometimes flip through and just see what it seems like they're up to. And that's what I kind of, I think one time that's what prompted me to try and see if I had any of those old yearbooks. I probably would have enjoyed it for 45 minutes. I just remembering things and then never looked at it again. But, um, uh, now that's interesting because you don't have a Facebook right now, right? No, I killed Facebook a while ago. So, I mean, if you had interest in what these folks were up to, would you, were you commonly friends with your high school? I was still friends with most of those people. Yeah. yeah. But all those, I had them all on mute because most of them were Trump people and I couldn't I have a lot do it in my brain. As well that I so I never saw their pictures anywhere or anything. Yeah. So I didn't know what was so, going on. I guess, I guess it kind of gets rid of the need for yearbooks these days. I don't know what, what the kids today care about yearbooks or not. I don't know. It's like a physical version of Instagram <laughs> that will be there forever. Honestly, it kind of seems like a good selling point to a yearbook. That's, like, probably their, that's probably their only angle. Yeah. I wonder if you can, like, like that would be the other thing. is at this, I, A big part of uh, your book stuff was like, oh, today is the, today is Halloween. And so the kids are going to do the Halloween parade and walk around. Your book staff, get out there and take pictures. And so right. it was always, you got to, you know, whenever there's any event, oh, we need your book staff taking pictures. I wonder now if you could just have the kids submit pictures. Like, well, you know, it's interesting. The wedding I went to did that. They didn't yeah. have a photographer. They had an app set up and you could turn it on to where like every picture you take for the next seven hours automatically gets uploaded to their page and they have that. Or you can select the ones you want to send if you were going to take a bunch of pictures you want to send. So that was kind of interesting. They crowdsourced their wedding album. That's fun. Um, and get, ended up with some great stuff too. So yeah, at, at some point, just even though these are not professional photographers, they're not using professional photography equipment but like the law of large numbers just says iphones are pretty good if everybody's taking yeah. pictures on their iphones you're going to get some good stuff that comes out of it it makes yeah, sense yeah the iphones are probably better than most of the cameras um you know my school yearbook staff oh absolutely yeah so uh we were like at the very end of it but we still <laughs> did uh everything by hand making the yearbook so, like, it wasn't on the computer. It was all just – you had to, like, draw squares on grid paper to show right. where you wanted things to go. And they were, like, really trying to get that phased out. And we were one of the very few schools that still had it. But uh, we'd had bad experiences in prior years with extremely low-quality digital cameras. And then yeah. uh, in, like, 2000, the like, shitty-ass digital camera – Back when a like, megapixel was yeah. a big deal to have. Yeah. Like, the ag department, I think, had a digital camera. And they took a bunch of pictures and gave them to the yearbook and a couple made it into the book and they just looked digitized as shit. And this, so the yearbook teacher was like, that's fucking out. We're not doing that ever again. And so uh, I think it was in a couple years after I was gone, I heard that they had to do on computer and everything got better so much fast. So, so much faster yeah. then. Um, so it was, it was fine. I'm sure by the time they were doing it, I'm sure it would have been fine in 2003. I'm sure everybody else was doing it, but it was still like, you be careful with the pictures you get. You can get some real bullshit, which, Generally, does not happen if you have, you know, a film camera. Yeah, I I cannot remember how we actually put it together in middle school, but that would have been about five years before that still. And I, I generally don't have a, a memory at all. I remember taking it. It was a regular camera, I think. So it must have been film, but I don't remember how we actually put it together. It was a hard job. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of, like, put it together generally and then the actual drawing out by that's hand probably by what i think a teacher was, yeah. or some high school student or something that like actually gets this on the page is even when you're doing simple ones it became it was it was in 
had, it was a lot of work. Um, how did you like the high school yearbook segment? I thought it was terrific. Uh, would you like, I'm very curious to know how many people actually do still have their high school yearbooks and or care about it. I think it's an interesting topic. I want to hear from other people what, what their opinions are. If they've got them, I'd love, I would, Hey, how about this? I don't have my proper yearbook. I'd love to see pictures of the cover, pictures of you, anything from it, notable things. Uh, it'd be very fun, but I will admit that this is a bonus segment. I did not initially plan and it was spurred on by the fact that my computer is sitting on a stack of yearbooks. Well, I think it was, I enjoyed it much more than the, uh, sauce talk, (laughs) which, which is probably going to end up in like my top 10 most embarrassing moments of the year. I, I feel like I really didn't, uh, bring much to the table there. So is yearbook talk the way forward? Every week, someone has to come on with an old yearbook. I know. I mean, I guess I guess I have to at least be able to talk about it because I wouldn't want. Like, I, I would bet, I'll bet that at least half the people in this group do not have a high school yearbook at all. That's a good question. So I do specifically remember, like, I remember my dad had all of his yearbooks because I used to go back and thumb through them. Um, so I didn't know how odd it was that I didn't have it anymore because my only I haven't asked any of my friends whether I do. I should. I, we should get into them next time we're at someone's house. Um, fun. Uh, when my I, th- I would I would say over half have them actually. I think I okay. think maybe most I, maybe of us have them somewhere. It. I think most of us have them somewhere. When I was cleaning out my parents' house, my aunt, who I mentioned favorably earlier, also uh, she said at that point uh, that. If I found any of my mom's high school yearbooks, she would be beyond thrilled to just get to look through them or anything. Because she, uh, I guess similar to me, said she worked on the high school yearbook and then subsequently lost all of them. And it took forever, but I eventually found them. And she was extremely happy. And I, of course, just gave them to her because they were of no value to me. I hang on to these of, you know, people I know, but uh, do not need Roseville high school yearbooks from (laughs) nineteen. 72 or whatever i used to really enjoy looking through the old 1970 yearbooks though because it seemed so so old you know when i was looking at them but it was really weird i remember i did look through them before i handed them over and stuff and it was also just like i had a couple of my dads too and they just like my dad was in the book i guess this, some of this is just a small town thing for me because my parents went to marginally larger high schools but like they're both in the book like twice like, here's your class photo, here's right. one group yeah. shot you happen to be in. And in Avon, there's just n- nothing. So you can just be in everything. And so, like, you're just in the book 30 times. Um, didn't have that. There. So there weren't as yeah, many I think cool I pictures that was, as I wanted, yeah. That was part of the fun of my parents that was trying to find them in the book. They were probably in there a handful of times. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, like, so my parents were still friends in Matt Toon with a lot of people that they had gone to high school with, so... I was, it was just interesting to see, you know, the guys that my dad hangs out with when they were kids and stuff. But, um, I, so I enjoyed theirs probably more than I would have enjoyed my own. As an adult <laughs> now, but. Well, Aaron, we have time for just one final segment. I have to phrase it differently, though, because the question is, Johnny, do you have anything you'd like to plug? And the answer is yes. Aaron, are Good. you familiar with the song 
thought shit. I don't believe so. Well, there's a new Megan the Stallion song. It's called Thought Shit. Megan the Stallion is fantastic. Are you a Megan the Stallion fan? I'm familiar with her. I don't know enough to say if I'm a fan or not. I think she is a remarkably talented, uh, both lyricist and as important, uh, rapper. She has really interesting and funny lyrics. And then she is so incredibly good at enunciating and has such good flow that like she is one of the few people that I can legitimately listen to a song, understand all the words the first time through and like get the jokes and be right there with it. And this song is uh, maybe one of the best ones as far as that goes. And it's a really funny song. Um, and so I highly recommend it. Now, I will go on to say the official position of Sauce Talk is that you should not watch the video for Thought Shit. And if you watch the video for Thought Shit and your girlfriend or your wife or anyone sees you watching the video for Thought Shit, well, guess what, buddy? Sauce Talk told you not to do that. And so you made you dug your own grave and now you're going to get in it. But if you choose to watch it, I think it's the best music video I've ever seen. It accomplishes everything I could ever imagine a music video seeking to accomplish. It has thoughtful political commentary. Uh, it's extremely funny. It has, it has a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, it's, it's really hot. <laughs> nice. Uh, so you, and it has, it has a shocking twist ending. It's you know, amazing. Despite your official position, you're really selling so, the video here. If, if, now again, the official position is you should search thought shit lyric video and then choose carefully which video to make sure it's really a lyric video. But if you want to watch it, I do think it's, I can't think of a music video that's better. I think this is the one, one out of one. That's my plug. Well, I can't wait. I'm going to check it out immediately after this. I hope you do so with uh, the necessary caution. And either way, assuming you make it through the night after engaging in such a bad behavior, Aaron Lauder, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've had a great time. Thanks for having me. Everybody enjoy your sour cream. <laughs> Best wishes in the intervening days.